Welcome to the TPL Show, a podcast dedicated to the study and discussion of leadership. Join us as we share relevant, simple, and lasting methods for improvement that can be used to lead from any level in any organization. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the TPL Show. I'm Dave Cahill, and I'm here with my co-host, Luke Weber. Hey, guys. And today we're going to talk about prudent frugality. All right. Yeah, this is an exciting subject for me. This is where I cut my teeth in the continuous improvement game. Oh. Yeah. So I, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I really have a passion for this. Okay, let's start in our usual way with the what, why, and how, right? So okay. what is prudent frugality? Prudent frugality is an operating principle based on Figenbaum's cost-equality philosophy, which leads everyone in the organization to thoughtfully and continually optimize cost in order to preserve and promote the PVV, the purpose, vision, and values of the organization, on behalf of all stakeholders. And of course, stakeholders means customer, shareholder, and employee. All those three groups combined um, make up the stakeholder group. Um, Figenbaum, by the way, let's talk about him. Yeah. Figenbaum is one of the grandfathers of the continuous improvement movement. So he's from way back. He did the TQM? He did. TQM's, he did yeah. TQM. He's the father of TQM, Total Quality Management. And he created this, this concept of the cost of quality. And we'll, we'll dig into what all that means and why. It's, ve- it's very simple, very powerful process. Okay. Um, and uh, still in use today, some 70 or 80 years later. Yeah. So, um, so at the root of this thinking is the cost of quality equation, or the COQ equation. And that equation is the cost of quality equals the actual cost minus the cost if nothing went wrong. Hmm. This is just a very simple, very usable equation, right? So here's what we're actually paying to provide quality service or product to our customer. And here's what it would cost if nothing went wrong. Now you can see uh, that gap. That gap is the cost of quality. So this gives you a very measurable monetary gap, and it represents then the true cost of quality. It allows you to see opportunities for improvement in the value stream, yeah. and in the resource stream that supports it. Yeah. So it's a very nice uh, concept for helping you to um, animate this idea of prudent frugality. So let me, hold on real quick. I want to ask a question. Yeah, sure. So we talk about leadership a lot. Yeah. How does this tie to leadership? Oh, yeah. Gosh, <laughs> that's an important thing, right? So... When we, we lead, we're stewards of something. Yeah. Right? We're stewards of a purpose. We're stewards of, of a vision. Yeah. Stewards of an organization. People have entrusted us with their life savings. They've invested. Employees have entrusted us with um, their career and so forth. So this, this idea of prudent frugality becomes an essential leadership demand. Leaders should be conscious of this and be working towards it all the time 
to protect mm. and to um, enhance um, the lives of the stakeholders, those they lead, the clients they serve, the people that have invested money. So having this skill set about creating um, prudent frugality, creating a mindset of prudent frugality in an organization is an essential leadership demand or, or leadership trait. Yeah. We should all as leaders be doing this because it's the right thing to do to protect all the people that we're caring for. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. It's good. Okay. So let's jump into the why. Okay. Yeah. So average organizations that are not focused on prudent frugality, they can have a cost of quality equal to almost 40% on the revenue. Yikes. Yeah. That's a lot. Right. Uh, But organizations that focus on this concept, they can achieve a cost of quality around 20, 25%. Yeah. Even if they're just starting out, like that's, kind of their initial uh, reduction of cost yeah. of quality. And yeah, then so, you, so after a short period of time, yeah, they can get there. Yeah. Just the first look. Dive in deeper, and they can get it, get that number as low as 8 to 10%. Yeah, yeah. World-class organizations can get their cost of quality down to 8 to So if you really embrace it, right? If you really live it, you really think about it, make it deeply part of your culture, yeah. maybe you can get 8 to 10%. That's significant. Wow, you're going from 40% to, let's say, 10%. That's 30% on the revenue dollar that you retain that you used to spend. That's that's amazing. Yeah, that's unreal. All right, so, uh, Dave, you have a really good example of sure. this, right? So it's called the hidden factors. So tell yeah, us, so tell us and, and about really it's not my example. It's Figenbaum's thinking, right? So <laughs> Figenbaum talked about this, this idea of the hidden factory, that what the cost of quality was really was a hidden factory. So people... Um, learn from others, who then learn from others, who then learn from others. And over time, you get all of these kind of extra steps, non-value-added things put into the process, from the front office all the way to the back office, from the production floor to the design floor to the customer service area, You know, depending on what business it is. These things get built in that aren't really needed to ensure quality or timely delivery um, for the customer. But they become seen as needed. So the, so Figenbaum talked about this as a hidden factory. There's a whole second factory yeah. within your business operating that doesn't need to operate right. to deliver this kind of quality to the customer. And that's that cost gap that you're seeing. And when you go in and kind of peel this back and analyze it, the, the cost starts to fall out. And uh, prudent frugality starts to really, really come into play. Got it. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. So with focus on prudent frugality, this amount of optimization is so significant that it can really mean the difference between longevity with an organization and a business or obsolescence. Yeah, right? and so, that, that takes you back to the leadership thing. Yeah, If you're doing this, you're safeguarding your, your stakeholders, your customers, um, your investors, yeah. and your employees. All parties. Yeah. yeah. And- I would say that this is even more important now because of how competitive the market, how competitive the world has become. Yeah, and uncertain. Yeah. All the supply chains are disrupted today after COVID in a way that's going to take years or maybe even decades, if ever, yeah. to get back to that right. level of certainty. So this is this is necessary anyway, but it's yeah. even more necessary now. I, I, I so agree with you. Absolutely. Okay. Good. All right. 
that's the why. Yeah. Let's talk about how. Okay. So take us. So we, there's about seven, seven things that we want to talk about on the house side. Yeah, there okay. are. So let's jump on the first one. What's the first one, Dave? Okay. So it's to focus this idea of prudent frugality and cost optimization through quality. If you focus it through the lens of quality, uh, amazing things happen and healthy things inside the culture. If you don't, if you make cost its own thing, yeah. then quality becomes the victim of cost. And not, not only does that end up sending poor quality to your customer, it actually ends up costing you more yeah. as you make kind of silly ideas, uh, put silly ideas into place about saving costs that don't really yeah. save costs. You got to do rework. Mm-hmm. So pushing this through the the lens of quality, the cost of quality as opposed to just cost is an important first step. Educating right. everyone about this idea of the the cost of quality equation, the hidden factory, and so forth. I've seen this happen firsthand. Like there, with the emphasis focused so much on cost. Yeah, it's like what can we do to reduce this? It's down to every penny. Yeah, like how much paper. You've bought for the printer. Yeah. And people start doing crazy stuff too, kind of big brush crazy stuff yeah. like, I've got an idea to save costs. Let's eliminate all the frontline supervisors. <laughs> That'll cost you about $10 bazillion as hundreds of, of yeah. uh, medium-sized decisions every day get made in the wrong way, don't get made at all, and standards disappear. You know, yeah, so, so this idea of focusing it through, the, through quality really pays yeah, off. I like that. Okay, number two, second thing. Implement an immediate actions list. What is an immediate actions list? So this is an agreed upon set of actions that yield quick results. Yeah. And this sets the tone for a change of perspective about cost. Yeah. Especially if you're thoughtful about them. Yeah. You're not, you, you don't, this actions list isn't disruptive. It's thoughtful as opposed to disruptive. You've involved people in generating ideas and yeah. so forth. That's good. All yeah. right. Number three. So this is to set a deeply penetrating chart of accounts. So in, in our process in Avenulo, we call this this phase that you go through to get this set up Arbo. And the tool we oh, use yeah. to do it is called the opportunity yeah. tree. We're quite proud of it. It's an Avenulo invention, the opportunity tree, right? Uh, but what's going on here is most organizations set goals two levels deep. What we do in this step is to do this heavy penetration, we go 9, 10, 11, yeah. 15 levels deep. So, so for instance, you've got uh, downtime as, as an issue of cost in your organization. Your manufacturing process is down for uh, periods of time during the, the operating day, or your service process is down, et cetera. So you're, you're looking at this downtime and you're trying to reduce it, right? So you can increase the amount of, of product that flows to your customer in a given time frame. So, okay, so, you, so that's your first goal is to reduce the downtime. Let's say you have 25% downtime and you want to try to get it down to 15% downtime, let's say. So the, the first thing you do then is you look at the sub-elements underneath it. So there's kind of cause A, cause B, cause C, cause D, and each of those then have a certain percentage of that downtime subscribed to them, right. and you set goals under there. So the first one, cause A, is 5%. The second one, cause B, is 5%. The third one, cause C, is 10%. Uh, and you, know, you can kind of see that breakdown, right? Yeah. So... Then what you do is assign an owner to each one of those, and you put a monetary value on yeah. a percent of downtime, and now you can see where you can make the most improvement 
in, in kind of what we call a universal yardstick. You can yeah. compare improving this cause to that cause uh, and see which one is going to yield you the greatest sure. benefit. But you don't stop there. You then take that biggest one, that C3, that, that cause three at 10%, you break it down to the subsections, and you break those down and those down and those down. And then you finally get discernible things that people can grab onto and do, and you can see how it all adds back up to the top. Yeah. This is a deeply penetrating chart of accounts. And you design this chart not the way the accountants see the process, but by the way the people see the process that are actually working that process. So you kind of do this opportunity tree thing. You start out with the big blocks. You bring the people in involved. They start to set the categories the way they see it. Then they do the research around what's going on where and plug in those numbers. They start to set goals. This gives you that baseline, by the way. If you know what your cost of quality actually is, yeah. right? And now you can take a look at all of the benefits added up. If you realized all of those benefits, that's the gap between the cost, actual cost, and the cost if nothing went wrong. Yep. Now you've got that equation, and you can see where you should put yep. your emphasis, and that emphasis isn't siloed no. because the tree isn't broken down by department. Right. It's broken down by, by category yeah. and process, and we can helps. all run yeah, right to the place that... Um, there's the greatest opportunity. Alignment. Yeah. So that's that's the third one. Set a deeply yeah. penetrating chart of oh, accounts. That's a good one. I like that. All right. So number four, don't allow budget to be equal to approval to spend. Oh, yeah. Right? So that, set a lower ceiling level for pre-spending scrutiny and then review this daily. Yeah. So that way good. you're always below the amount to where you should be. Yeah. So even though... You can do that. You, you're approved to do it in the system. Yep. Why? Why is now the right time? Did you research it well enough? Do we have another alternative? Yeah. You know, yeah. And don't wait till you get to because if you have if you have that budget amount and you're constantly or consistently going over that, and you're gonna, that's when you would review at that point in time yeah. with this system or with this method, this principle. Uh, if you set that bar lower and you're reviewing daily all the time yeah prior to the decision you're gonna know that you're coming up on it or you're getting close and then you can figure out what's going on prior yeah. to being over so you're not going to be over your budget very powerful I like that it's good all right number five okay so number five somewhat similar to this but a little more tactical is use the checkbook mentality mm -hmm. yeah so when I was young, I actually carried a checkbook. What's that? So it had paper checks in it, and then it had a checkbook ledger. And in the checkbook ledger, you could write the number of the check, and then you could write what the check was, a little memo, you know, this is to the hardware store or something, and the total. But more importantly, you had the total amount in your bank written in pen or yeah. pencil in that checkbook ledger, and then you so say you have 500 bucks in the bank, you write the check to, to Ace Hardware, yeah. there's a plug for Ace Hardware, <laughs> and uh, it was 50 bucks, yeah. and now you can write, now you have 450 bucks yeah. left. So you're, you're always looking at everything you're spending in terms of what you have left until your next paycheck or, or whatever, and it seems kind of old-fashioned, but man, it was a nice way to kind of manage your life. So imagine if we took... Uh, some of our clients actually order those old checkbook ledgers, or you can kind of print a ledger up on paper, but it's actually something that you carry as an employee. So I'm, uh, as an employee, I'm in charge of lubrication for the, for the plant. Right. 
And I know that I have 2500 bucks to spend on lubrication this month. And every time I order some lubrication or some filters or something, I write it in my manual checkbook. I got it right here in my pocket, right? Yeah. And, I, and I know what's left to spend for the month. I know what I've already spent and so forth. This is the manual checkbook, and it's tremendously powerful. You give everyone something to watch out for, and uh, then they manage it like that during the course of the month, and you'll be amazed at how much you save. CPAs right now that are listening to this are, are hooked. That's yeah. what they love to do. Yeah, they're Balance hooked for checkbooks. sure. Cost control accountants, they're hooked, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, number six, plug prudent frugality into a continuous improvement system. Yes. Is that integration directly into... Whatever system you're using, yeah. it's universal, right? Yeah, whatever system you're using, you're using an OPEX system or you're using Six Sigma or you're using um, Agile, whatever yeah. it is. Sure. But plug this into it. Use the the supportive mechanisms of that, the meetings, the project management system, the goal setting system, and so forth, and plug this into that so you don't have two improvement streams competing against each other right. okay. in That's the organization. Cool. So it's just a, a way to review or constantly review. Yeah. Stay on top of, okay. All right, and the last, number seven. The uh, seventh how, right, is to retain rigor in tough times and good times alike. Oh, yeah. And the, the, the way we, we suggest people do this is to adopt or take the lessons from loving parents. So we have kind of this one page, what, why, how, on the lessons of loving parents. And there are four main things that loving parents do to run a good household for themselves and for their children. One is they keep a running total of the remaining funds for the period, and they make every spend decision knowing how it will affect the budget. So uh, parents sometimes do this in their head. They keep the manual checkbook. They keep a little ledger, whatever it is. But they know where they are in terms of how much cash they've got on hand and the total picture um, in terms of what they need to spend to keep everything healthy hmm. and safe and so on um, for that month. The second is to watch the market and pounce on a deal. Yeah. So don't uh, become so arrogant in your leadership style or your operating style that you don't have time for that right. stuff. You don't have time to cut the coupons. Cut the organizational coupons. Find the deals. Capitalize on the deals. Yeah, pay attention. Yep. Uh, the third is with leadership and caring, but e even a bit of nagging, keep your internal spenders and consumers frugal. So parents are always saying stuff like, you're going to leave the door open and heat the hole outside? Or why do you have to use half a bottle of shampoo? They're doing all that Guilty. to remind us Guilty. as consumers right, of our, <laughs> our materials or as spenders, the people that go to the store and buy it, et cetera, to remind us to remain prudently frugal. Have to talk about it all the time and remind yeah. us and keep it in the culture. And then... The last one is to use the four gets of frugality. Gets, G-E-T-S, the four gets. The first is get it for free. So parents know how to sign up for free product trials and that kind of thing. <laughs> get stuff for free, right? Mm -hmm. The second is get it for less. Parents know how to call providers like the cable company and threaten to switch to a competitor, and they, they get a good deal. So I've seen this doing, uh, we're working with a company in Brazil, a big um transportation and shipping company, global company in okay. Brazil, yep. and they're looking at reducing their costs and we're doing the opportunity tree and all that. And one of them is rent. And they put rent, you know, 
uh, whatever it was, 10,000 reais, 10,000 reales, reais uh, a month for the rent. And then that's the goal and the opportunity is 10,000. I say, well, how come you can't lower it? And well, it's a lease. There's nothing we can do, right? I'm like, oh, no, no. There's always something you can do. Yeah. You can get it for less. Go create a list of all the contract violations that that, that uh, landlord is is doing, not providing you, so forth and so on. And so, lo and behold, they did it. They set a goal for 5%. They got a 5% reduction (laughs) in what they thought was a fixed cost, right? So that that get it for less. Get it later. Parents have learned to say, wait until your birthday, because they know that that kind of urgent desire of today is a forgotten thing at tomorrow. Sometimes if you just delay, the problem resolves itself in another way. And then lastly, if you're going to have to spend, you're going to have to exceed your budget, okay, but get an offset. So if, if I, if I got to go $5,000 over in this budget here, where am I going to make it up? Find it somewhere else. Right? So, so practicing these, the four gets of frugality um, is the seventh how-to. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening today. Yeah, please remember to, uh, if you liked our show, share it yeah. with subscribe, someone else like. and do all the likes and subscribe and all the all the things all as the stuff. All the as, things. Uh, as Luke says. So do all the things. Have a great week. Yeah. See you guys. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the TPL show. We hope you'll apply what you learned today and tell us how it went. If you want to share, want more information, or have questions, please contact us at info at tplshow.org. Have a great day.